Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Welcome to this special edition of Compliance Beat. I'm Eric Moorhead, and we are on the eve, literally on the eve of the 18th annual Compliance and Ethics Institute uh, that's going to be uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. at the National Harbor Resort, the Gaylord National, tomorrow, uh, September the 15th, Sunday, September the 15th, it's going to be kicking off in the afternoon. Actually, I think maybe even there's some sessions in the morning. And then uh, running through uh, Wednesday, uh, I think there are uh, the main sessions primarily are on Monday and Tuesday, the 16th and the 17th of September 2019. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, as I do, I think pretty much every year, I, I do a little preview or some thoughts around the Institute. Um, this time I also wanted to do a little bit of a look back. I was thinking back and I was trying to remember um, how many uh, of these uh, Compliance and Ethics Institutes I've gone to. I'm not entirely sure. I want to say either eight or nine, uh, possibly 10. Uh, but I do know, because I still have the notes, have them right here in front of me, uh, the first time I went, and I wanted to, uh, I thought it might be interesting to do a little bit of comparing and contrasting uh, what, so we could kind of take a look at the things that are still the same and the things that are different. From September the 9th, uh, 2007, so 12 years ago, uh, hard to believe, but 12 years ago was the first time I attended a uh, SCCE uh, CEI. I don't think it was the first SCCE event I attended. I think I did a, um, uh, I think I did a, uh, a spoke at a regional event uh, in 2007 in lieu of a sentencing commissioner because in 2007 I would have been still with the United States Sentencing Commission. But it's interesting to take a look at uh, the topics that were on the agenda in uh, 2007, so 12 years ago, when uh, it was only the sixth annual uh, Compliance and Ethics Institute, um, and, and, and compare and contrast that with our agenda today. So some contrast I noticed right off is uh, the very first session uh, after the opening remarks uh, that uh, were delivered by Odell Guyton, uh, was a session on the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act uh, presented by uh, Mark Mendelson, who at that time was the head of enforcement at the um, fraud section, I, I, or, the, or sorry, the, the head of the uh, FCPA desk at the fraud section. Uh, obviously, these days we would not say FCPA, uh, so that, that sticks out. A couple other interesting uh, sessions in the first few hours on the first day included uh, what to do when the government comes knocking, um, bribery scandals and corruption, a lot of enforcement focused uh, uh, topics, uh, which, you know, now that I think back, that was really where we were coming from, right? We were uh, more reactive and, and the, the agenda certainly, at least the, uh, the agenda on, on the first day uh, in the morning really, really reinforced that notion. Another great title uh, from the first day was, Should the Government Encourage Ethics in Business? Question mark. I don't know that we would. Uh, I mean, there are probably s certainly uh, uh, some um, 
uh, presentations out there in the world uh, that would still have that title, but not at an SCCE or a compliance-oriented uh, um, uh, uh, event these days. We wouldn't. Uh, we wouldn't. <laughs> there, there would. There would not be um, uh, much. Uh, uh, a query around that whether whether that is something that the government should be uh, uh, reinforcing. Interestingly enough, that was uh, presented by Paula Desio, who was a deputy general counsel at the Sentencing Commission. I believe still in two thousand seven, um, she uh, left soon after that, but I think she was still there at that point. Another interesting one uh, on the uh, subsequent day, on the second day, was uh, how to bring out your ethics champions from your CEO and board. <laughs> when we think of ethics champions or uh, these days or, 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 or uh, uh, somebody that would be fulfilling that role, we don't necessarily think of the CEO and board, although we want the CEO and, and board involved. This is uh, the old school tone from the top that we were talking about uh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and we hadn't really gotten to the point where we had that expectation that there would be tone throughout, not just tone at the top. Uh, a couple of topics uh, around uh, the role of compliance. One, uh, leading corporate integrity, uh, defining the role of the chief ethics and compliance officer. Um, we're still talking about that today, for sure. But uh, even back then in 2007, we were uh, trying to, and this is before the 2010 amendments of the sentencing guidelines, trying to get our arms around that. The partnership between human resources, compliance, and audit. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we, we, we recognized back then that there, there were uh, uh, important cross-functional aspects of any organization. And then uh, another one that uh, Jeffrey Kaplan uh, presented back then, uh, joining hands, the convergence of compliance, risk, and ethics. So uh, a lot of interesting things. You can see uh, sort of the vapor trails, if you will, of uh, uh, what uh, has gone on since. But a lot of things that uh, we still talk about today, uh, empowering uh, chief compliance officers, for example, um, or uh, looking in, into uh, uh, methods and practical uh, practical auditing and, and monitoring of your program. A lot of those kind of practical sessions uh, were on the agenda back in 2007 as well. Um, so it was interesting, and I actually have this binder, a paper binder. <laughs> this is back before everything was electronic and you got the uh, slides emailed to you. Uh, I have a, a huge uh, two-inch binder from 2007 uh, uh, that uh, is still um, has a lot of useful information in it, but is also, uh, I think, uh, helpful to, as I say, to kind of take a look back and see how far we've come. So. Uh, uh, before I move on uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming uh, program that's going to start tomorrow uh, on September the 15th, I also want to mention specifically 10 a.m. Eastern Time on September 16th, breakout session number 105 for those of you who are going to be in National Harbor, Maryland uh, on Monday morning. Uh, please do join Kathleen Grilly and I. Uh, we are going to be leading a session on, uh, surprise, surprise, the U.S. sentencing guidelines, uh, organizational guidelines in, uh, in particular. Um, and the title of our session is 
Organizational sentencing guidelines confidential. Does Chapter 8 still matter to compliance and ethics, and if so, why? Um, since we're both homers, uh, the general counsel of the commission and myself as a former uh, commission staffer, uh, you can probably guess what our answer is. It's not a big surprise, uh, but I think we have a lot of good material to go over. We're going to talk about uh, it's a session that's that's uh, good for everyone, uh, for folks that already know a lot about the Sentencing Commission and the Sentencing Guidelines. And for those of you who own, the only thing you know about the Sentencing Guidelines are the seven hallmarks of an effective program. If you'd like to know a little bit more about why the United States Sentencing Commission is involved in compliance and what that means, not just historically, but what it might mean for the future, uh, it's a good session for you as well. So please do join us if you're going to be there. Uh, if you're not, and, uh, and most of you probably are not going to make it that listen to this podcast, I already did a little bit of a preview of our presentation a couple weeks ago uh, on one of the topics that we're going to be covering. And what I plan to do when I get back uh, from D.C. Uh, later this week is record a couple or at least one more episode of Compliance Beat where I'm going to give you a little bit more information or a little more, more data from our presentation that we're going to give on Tuesday. So for those of you who can't make it, uh, you still will have the opportunity. And I believe SCCE records all of these sessions and makes them available. Um, I believe that's true. I, certainly they make us sign waivers to say that they can record us. Uh, so uh, for if you want to hear the entire uh, event uh, 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 from start to finish and, and hear the great insights from Kathleen Grilly, the general counsel of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, uh, then uh, look into that. I, I think you can probably find that at corporatecompliance.org, the SCCE website, uh, sometime after uh, the event has taken place. Um, so that's enough, uh, I guess, talking about what's going to be happening, happening specifically with me. What's going to be happening overall? Uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, some of the strands that we saw all the way back in 2007 are certainly still there now, uh, but uh, there is a, uh, a more um, uh, accelerated and enhanced focus, if you will, on the impact of technology, the impact of uh, uh, data and data security on the compliance field. Uh, and that is uh, uh, highlighted, you know, right at the top of the morning on uh, the first day on Monday by the keynote address uh, talking about, uh, and the, 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 the name of the session is From Crisis to an Electric Future Inside the Cultural Transformation of One of the Largest Companies in the World. Uh, and talking about what happened at Volkswagen. Uh, uh, and a lot of that has to do, uh, obviously, with uh, technical uh, aspects of complying uh, with not only the law, but but having a uh, a program, a compliance program that can monitor and oversee uh, engineers and in technical information. Uh, so that should be very very interesting. That's going to be a session uh, with the chief compliance officer from Volkswagen Group and Matt Kelly, the editor of uh, the editor and CEO of Radical Compliance. Uh, so so right at the top of the of the session, we're going to be talking about big ticket items uh, on uh, for, for organizations where there have been huge failures and those failures have been related uh, in no small part to uh, the application of data, data security, technology. Um, you know, uh, th there was, you know, kind of traditional garden variety cheating going on with regards to Volkswagen, but why wasn't it caught? And I think the answer to that is 
that uh, the strategies weren't there to to uh, uh, allow and empower the people had, who had oversight or should have had over should have had oversight uh, of the program to really understand that. And then we see that over and over again. That's happened uh, in many sectors, from the financial sector to pharma uh, to 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 certainly in in, in the high tech field. So that is, I think, a, a strand that we definitely see. And while I want everybody to join us for our breakout session, uh, the first set of uh, breakout sessions, uh, I think, uh, amplify this trend. Uh, it talks about privacy. Um, uh, Teresa uh, Troster-Falk, in fact, who was a, a a guest on this very podcast uh, last couple weeks. Uh, she and I are com have competing sessions, uh, 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 ironically enough, uh, that morning, and she's going to be talking about uh, the new privacy law that we discussed on the podcast in, just in the last couple weeks. And uh, uh, there are other um, breakout sessions right there in the, uh, at the beginning of the day uh, that are talking about the intersection of technology and compliance uh, from people who are, are living this day in, day out in organizations. And, and that's certainly something that uh, I wouldn't say was non-existent in 2007, but it was not uh, not where our, our focus was at that point. We were talking about getting risk and ethics and compliance together, together to get getting the band together and, and not uh, so uh, focused on some of these trends. Beyond uh, technology and the use of technology, the use of tools like social media, uh, the use of uh, digital tools, uh, whether those are uh, tools like uh, for, for gathering information or monitoring information or monitoring, monitoring training and, and, and other aspects, uh, uh, but also um, uh, you know, very simple things like integrating with uh, IT infrastructure, uh, those, well, I would say simple, but 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 the relationship aspects of of technology. Uh, a lot of sessions on that I see on this agenda, which I think is you know part of that overall trend. Another uh, interesting um, uh, uh, thread I see through several of these sessions is a focus on the board and the board relationship. Uh, just in the first day, there's a uh, at least two or three sessions on engaging the board and uh, uh, how to present to the board and, and, and the expectations you should have for your board of directors. We talk about the board of directors quite a bit on this podcast. Um, it, it is uh, a, clearly a very important part of uh, any compliance program, that relationship and, and, their, uh, and the strength uh, of the board, particularly the uh, subdivision of the board that's responsible for compliance. And that, uh, to me, is very interesting. And that's, uh, if we go all the way back to the agenda in 2007, there were there was at least one session I saw on that agenda that had to do with that board relationship. So that's always existed. Uh, but it's interesting to see that there are quite a few, I see at least three or four uh, sessions in, in the, in the uh, main two days here that are going to touch on that topic. So if you are trying to develop or or reinforce that relationship, and you're going to be at SECE, uh, you'll have uh, several sessions to choose from if you're interested in that aspect of your program. And then uh, a really important session for those of you that have time to go uh, is a, uh, a short, uh, I mean, a, a short session, a short general session, um, f where the Deputy Assistant Attorney General uh, Matt Miner is going to be speaking to the entire group at 3.15 on Monday about that memo, uh, the revised memo 
uh, the revised checklist. It's not a checklist uh, that I've uh, spoke uh, that I've uh, uh, managed to talk to you about uh, on several episodes of this podcast over the past couple of months. Uh, that's going to be well worth talking to. The second. Uh, sort of part of that general session, which is going to be particularly interesting, is an interview or, or, or discussion between our, our friend Adam Turtletaub and Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General of the United States Department of Justice, who is uh, probably well known to those of us who uh, follow the news these days, but he's known to me because he used to be a, a United States a sentencing commissioner. Uh, in fact, the reason why I went to my first SCCE, SCCE event back in 2007, the reason I have this binder uh, that I was just looking at a few minutes ago, is because uh, Michael Horowitz was uh, extremely busy and wasn't able to uh, attend all the events that he was invited to. And uh, lucky staffers like myself, uh, who had knowledge around these topics, uh, sometimes uh, were the... Uh, uh, the fill-ins. And so uh, I owe uh, my uh, introduction to SCCE uh, to uh, Michael Horowitz. He's been involved in and um, speaking at SCCE, and I believe he was, a, I want to say that he had a, uh, was on the board or, or was at least involved uh, with the organization more intimately uh, back uh, years ago um, when he was not in his current role, uh, which keeps him very busy as Inspector General of the U- U.S. Department of Justice. So uh, if you are going to be around on Monday, you need to go see Mike Horowitz talk. Um, uh, The second day, uh, 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 some of those same threads run through. Uh, Another interesting session that I want to mention, I want to call out specifically, is is the first breakout session on Tuesday is uh, communicating compliance creatively. That's also another topic that we've been talking about quite a bit bit, bit on this podcast over the months and years now. Um, And a couple of folks that I know really well uh, are going to be on that session. Jay Rosen uh, from Affiliated Monitors, uh, Ronnie Feldman, who's been on this podcast, and Ricardo Palafon, who's also been on this podcast from uh, uh, Learnings and Entertainment and Broadcat, respectively. They all have a lot of knowledge uh, around this topic about being creative around communications. Uh, also, uh, Mark Havner, who is, I don't know, uh, but also uh, is a service provider in that space. So for those of you who are looking for uh, interesting ideas around uh, communicating uh, to the broader audience uh, in, in creative ways, uh, that is interesting. Um, the, uh, the rest of the day, uh, Tuesday, uh, some of these same, same, same threads around technology, same threads around, uh, culture. Um, and the last uh, interesting trend, trend I'm going to talk about, uh, that I see in some of these titles is, uh, cautionary tales, if you will. Uh, there are a couple of sessions that talk about, uh, uh, in fact, one uh, theory versus reality: your policies and procedures, the dangers of aspirational compliance. Uh, by uh, and that's being presented by Janet Hemmerlich and Hemmelreich. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry if I'm murdering your name, uh, Janet. Uh, but uh, that's on Tuesday as well. Uh, and there are a couple other sessions that I would say are sort of cautionary in their uh, uh, developments about uh, uh, perhaps uh, uh, trying to be more realistic about. Uh, uh, what we can do and what we should be doing. Uh, there are a couple of, there's at least one session about incentives. Uh, Eric Feldman uh, from uh, Affiliated Monitors has a session on that also, I believe, on uh, later in the afternoon on, on Tuesday. And, and, and that is an important uh, aspect that we all need to consider too, is that we need to have 
uh, pragmatic uh, compliance program. So all in all, a very interesting agenda. Uh, a lot of trends that have been going on for well over 12 years now, uh, but also uh, new trends, particularly uh, this uh, continued and accelerated focus on technology and the interface of technology and data uh, and how that impacts our, our role, uh, the role of compliance at an organization. Uh, I think that's really key. Um, you know, uh, technology clearly has a, a, a big part of compliance. You would not be listening to a podcast about compliance if you did not have uh, some interest in uh, technology around compliance. Uh, uh, the podcast did not exist in 2007, I don't think. Uh, I, I, be I believe uh, that's accurate. So uh, the, the way that you're listening to this now uh, is completely new uh, since that time. Uh, so things have changed. Uh, some things have remained the same. Uh, the focus uh, that we all have on trying to improve uh, remains the same. The recognition that the, the, this is not uh, uh, this is this is a process, uh, and and there's no um, uh, finish line uh, for compliance, and that we're constantly uh, uh, evolving and and reengaging in different ways is all still true. So. Um, uh, just wanted to give a little bit of a preview, uh, particularly for those folks that are going to find themselves in uh, Washington. Also, I should mention, um, if you are going to be at SCCE, uh, drop by booth 106. Um, that will be where I will be uh, during the breaks, uh, the Moorhead Compliance um, uh, booth at SCCE. Uh, love to see you, as particularly if you are a listener. Just uh, drop by and, and say hi. Uh, love to see you there. Um, otherwise, uh, as I said, I'm going to try to um, uh, come back uh, next week with maybe some ideas and thoughts uh, based on what I've seen there from some of the other presentations. Uh, but also, uh, I, I, there's some good information in our presentation that we're going to be that we're going to be delivering on Monday uh, that I think I'd like to try to uh, cut up into some smaller bits for the podcasting as well. Uh, preview a few weeks ago, if you want to go back and check that out. On, on, on our session, but uh, uh, a longer, uh, deeper dive on some of those topics, I think, is valuable. Because um, the answer to the question as to whether the, the compliance, whether the, uh, sorry, this, the sentencing guidelines still matter in 2019 is a resounding yes from, from this particular person. Uh, and I have, you know, I have some reasons why I believe that, too. I'm not just saying that. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, thanks again, as always, for listening to the podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you have questions, comments, uh, any kind of uh, um, feedback that you'd like to provide to us, please do get in touch with us. And you can do so at compliancebeat.com or moreheadconsulting.com. Uh, so until uh, later this week, once we get back from uh, D.C., uh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.